Hello everyone. In this episode, we talk about staking and borrowing. We distinguish what one is from another, talk about various examples on um, where you can stake slash where you can borrow, and really just go into the details of what we're doing with staking and borrowing and what you can do too, obviously, and as well as the platforms that we use. This episode is dedicated to Tom. Tom, thank you for getting in touch with us and asking us to make an episode on this. Hopefully we have answered all of your questions. And if not, you can always respond to us or get in touch with us any other way and we can have a chat. So that's that. Remember next Saturday, which is July 31st at 12 o'clock Atlantic time, which is 11 o'clock Eastern time or UTC minus four. We're hosting our very first live podcast episode on YouTube, and we would love to see you there. So bring your questions, comments, just bring your support, come say hi for uh, our live episode that will take place again next Saturday, which is July 31st at 12 o'clock Atlantic time. So that's that. And without further ado, let's begin the episode. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only. I got my Crypto.com shirt on. You do. It looks good. Yeah, they sent it they to me. They got your size. They got my size right. The my- jacket that they got you or sent you <laughs> is pretty good too. I'm not a hat wearer, but I got that anyway as well. It looks pretty good on you. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, everyone. So you cannot see Keegan's t-shirt right now, but he's just sporting a good old crypto.com t-shirt. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. This Not is... the t-shirt, but the platform. We'll talk about <laughs> the platform in today's episode. Yeah. So staking and borrowing. Again, a quick shout out to Tom. This, uh, this episode is dedicated to you. Thank you for getting in touch with us. And we are going to talk about what platforms we use to stake slash borrow, um, bitcoin or against bitcoin so let's get started keegan let's first make sure that the lingo is defined for our audience today so what is staking yes staking with respect to bitcoin or just staking uh uh, i know okay so they're staking on the blockchain which is different and then there's just staking which is kind of just used for a lot of is it, yeah, uh, the word is used in a lot of ways. In, in crypto. So I, I do try to be pretty particular with, with our terminology. And I'd like to refer to staking as just staking on the blockchain. And what I mean is locking up whatever token you have uh, within the blockchain itself. Not uh, So that'd be like in a decentralized way rather than a centralized way. Oh, yeah. But that term is definitely not only used for that because I've seen... So many platforms just have, oh, stake X number of tokens for Y number of yield or Y number of a return on your investment. But and right. like Crypto.com is one of them. Like, yeah, you're not really staking on the blockchain. They're just asking you to lock up your funds. So if for simplicity's sake, let's just say that um, if we are talking about staking today, it can be either or. It can either be staking your, your locking up your crypto within a blockchain for in a particular platform. Or it just means locking up your crypto 
within a platform, not necessarily on a blockchain. That'd be a good generic definition, yeah. I'd say, like locking up your tokens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then staking and borrowing are two very different terms. They serve two very different functions as well. So how would you define borrowing? Uh, well, uh, lending and borrowing are two sides of the of the same function, right? And the function is credit or debt. Uh, sorry, did you say lending and borrowing? Or no, I said staking and borrowing are staking two completely different things. Yeah, they, they are two completely different things. Uh, so I wouldn't really lump them into the same category at, at all, right? Staking is you you are locking up your tokens in exchange for some return on your investment, right? Usually those uh, those platforms will promise you some sort of APY or APR, which is uh, just fancy speak for annual yield, right? So if it's a ten percent yield on uh, on a thousand dollars, then then you'll get a hundred dollars paid out over the course of sure. Months. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so that is what staking gets you. If you stake a particular amount of cryptocurrency, you will get something in return, but that is not the same as borrowing against right your crypto. Right. So that's worth us dividing those terms and providing a good segment for them. So if you borrow against your Bitcoin. That means you've locked up your Bitcoin, not in exchange for some uh, some yield or some APY or APR, not for some interest rate, but you get access to money immediately. And that money is usually given to you in some for, form of stablecoin. So USDT, USDC, DAI, uh, BUSD, which is Binance US dollar. Uh, you, if, if you lock up your Bitcoin and you want to borrow against it, you can get uh, typically up to 50% of what that Bitcoin is worth uh, right there on the spot, no questions asked. So it's, it's a loan. Yeah, so basically borrowing can be used to, like you said, getting a loan against your cryptocurrency. So let's say if you lock up one Bitcoin, then you can borrow against that one Bitcoin. You wouldn't say that you're staking one Bitcoin. Definitely not. You would say that you are borrowing x amount against one bitcoin where one bitcoin is your collateral that's right yeah and then depending on the kind of depending on your risk tolerance you can take whatever like uh 25 33 or there's there are different ranges of um uh what, what is that called is collateralization this the no but well like your collateral is one bitcoin but how much can you borrow against one bitcoin uh, so it varies from platform to platform. That's the loan to value ratio. That is the loan to value ratio. Yes. And, and so yeah, if, does, if, yeah. if you're trading derivatives, uh, then you can essentially... Let's just talk about a simple loan. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's, that's a good plan. Uh, so if you're just taking out a simple loan, then typically the max that you can take out is 50%. And then the, the lower amounts that you take out, the lower the amount that you take out, the least risk, the lower... <laughs> Wow. I'm struggling with this. <laughs> uh, the lower risk the loan actually is. <laughs> okay, we're gonna repeat that right now. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> if you if you want to borrow against one Bitcoin, which means you already have one Bitcoin and you wanna you wanna get a loan on any cryptocurrency platform, so you give them one Bitcoin. That's your collateral, and you can take out uh, at most fifty percent of the U.S. dollar value of Bitcoin in stablecoin immediately at most typically yeah okay so can you break that down so at most you can take out the value of 0 0.5 bitcoin that's right so let's in just, stable coin if we use simple numbers let's just say bitcoin's trading at thirty thousand us dollars a piece 
you can take out 15,000 USDT on the spot, no questions asked, if you provide them or lock up one Bitcoin. Now, when does that collateral get liquidated? That collateral, so different platforms give you a different LTV threshold, loan to value threshold. So if the value value of your collateral drops too much, the value of the Bitcoin, uh, if Bitcoin's price is going down, then you're at risk for liquidation. It's typically the case that at 85% LTV, uh, your you will get liquidated. So if Bitcoin's trading at 30,000, you took out a $15,000 loan, then somewhere around 17,000, 16,000, you will get liquidated. Which means that the platform that you're taking the loan on will just take that collateral that you provided them with because Bitcoin is not traded at the value that it used to be traded at when you took out the loan. That's right. Now, what happens in the opposite scenario? Because if you took out that loan when Bitcoin was trading at 30,000, what if Bitcoin goes to 50,000? Can you take out more? So no, you can't actually, um, not at least in the platforms that I... When I say takeout, sorry, sorry. When I say yeah. takeout, I mean, can you borrow more? Because initially, if you borrowed 0.5 Bitcoin worth of stablecoin, then when Bitcoin trades at a higher um, US dollar price or whatever dollar price, then can you borrow more? Uh, no, not without closing the loan and then restarting the loan. And that's how most platforms work, most platforms that I've used. Uh, but I would imagine that some platforms will allow you to automatically take out more. Uh, they'll keep track of the price of Bitcoin and they'll say, hey, you can afford to take out more money. Uh, like you have a very good LTV ratio. Do you want to take out $2,000 more or whatever? Uh, but crypto.com, which is the place that I, I borrow money from most often, they don't allow you to, to take more money out if the value goes up. Uh, they make you pay off the entire loan and then Not start the value, a new the one. price. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Okay, so to quickly summarize, staking is when you lock up your crypto within a platform in order to get a return on that um, staked crypto. Yeah, and that usually refers to proof of stake. But some centralized finance platforms like crypto.com will use staking um, to just refer to generically locking up tokens in return for some return on your investment. Yeah, but you'll also hear staking tons in DeFi for protocols, but that is mostly staking on the blockchain because it's a DeFi protocol. And a lot of the times it's actually lending. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so staking is locking up your crypto to earn something on it. And borrowing is locking up your crypto so you can borrow money against the crypto that you are giving to the platform. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was that to kind of, <laughs> that was a really long way of explaining the difference between staking and borrowing. I but think it was thorough. Yeah. So I, I let's get into whether or not we do use um, staking or we, whether or not we do stake and whether or not we have borrowed against any of our crypto. Yeah. So we definitely stake. We stake CRO, for example, because uh, we're users of the CRO Visa debit card. And we definitely have staked some CRO tokens to unlock higher tiers so that we get more benefits, et cetera, et cetera. But we also- And the benefit of yeah. staking your CRO is that how, how much um, return on that are we getting? Uh, well, because of the tier, we get an automatic 10% on the staked amount. Uh, so that's kind of cool. That's uh, one example. Where yeah. else have you staked crypto? I've staked Binance coin. Um, I've staked, uh, I'm staking- ADA, so Cardano, mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm not staking any Ethereum. Where are you staking in Cardano? Just on, on the blockchain. Yeah. On their blockchain. Okay. Yeah. So on a wallet called Daedalus. What, what is it called? Daedalus. D-A-E-D-A-L-U-S, <laughs> I do believe. D-A-E-D-A-L-U-S. Yeah. Daedalus. I think it's Greek. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting name. It's an interesting name. Yeah. And that, so usually by staking, you actually can participate in the governance of the the blockchain as well and that and you get rewards for doing that a lot of the time and so in the case of cardano you get rewards for voting on uh, the allocation of funds and we're staking on crypto.org's actual blockchain so that's crypto.com's partner uh decentralized blockchain called crypto.org we're staking there we're staking finance we're staking on this thing called sovereign which is like a the bitcoin DeFi platform we're staking on Stacks, which is another Bitcoin DeFi platform. <laughs> so all of this to say is that, you know, some amount of crypto, we talk about ADA, Binance, Bitcoin, CRO. Okay? Yeah. Four of those cryptocurrencies, you, you, you already have them, you possess them, and then you lock them up on various platforms and you get a return on locking them up. Yeah. A return in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give me an example of what kind of return you get? So, so you've already talked about the 10% uh, on the CRO that is staked for the Visa debit. Yeah. Um, and on crypto.org, we get somewhere between 10 and 14%. On Cardano, we get somewhere between 6 and 8%. And then plus however much we get rewarded for participating in governance. Um, on Sovereign, we get a basket of funds. Actually, it's kind of weird. We get a little bit of uh, Ethereum, a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Sovereign, uh, a little bit of USDT. What's the other one? Oh yeah, Stacks. You actually get Bitcoin for for staking on Stacks, which is kind of a cool feature. And then Binance. And then Binance. Binance is just a weird beast. You just get whatever you <laughs> whatever you want. So you get something in order to. I actually have a question about this. Yeah. So what what are the inner mechanics of this? Because if you Okay. To put it simply, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you finish your question, though. No, no, no. That was the question: is that how does it how does it benefit a platform to have a cryptocurrency of any sort be locked into it? Uh, well, it's if your tokens are locked into a platform, then you're not selling your tokens. That's right? true. And no one else is, and you can prove that no one else is. So when you quote unquote stake your CRO inside the Crypto.com app, you don't actually know what those tokens are doing at the end of the day. Right, because you there's no proof that that's being staked, quote unquote, staked to the blockchain. Right, so when you stake your tokens on crypto.org, you know where your tokens are and what they're doing. They're doing nothing, but when you stake your tokens on the crypto.com app, you don't actually know. But staking basically, and, and that's not what I'm asking though. My question yeah. mostly is, um, why are these platforms giving their users such a high return on investment for locking up? cryptocurrencies so, on their platform yeah the, these platforms typically are built on a proof of stake consensus and so the security so for everyone who doesn't know proof yeah. of stake proof of stake is a mechanism that uh oh man what let me handle like, this one sure yeah i'm not sure how to simplify it it's really late right now so <laughs> <laughs> it's late where we are yeah it's uh it's a method of securing the blockchain so it's an alternative to proof of work Rather than yeah. solving arbitrary problems uh, like Bitcoin does, um, where you, you need to essentially prove that you're uh, converting energy and raw hash power into into Bitcoin, uh, you um, 
these this proof of these proof of stake blockchains make you lock your tokens into the blockchain and in exchange you get a, a proportionate chance to to produce the next block and earn your reward and that is the alternative to proof of work and uh, as far as as far as many people's opinion go uh it's, it's yet to be decided whether or not that that is actually an effective way of reaching consensus and securing a blockchain. So if you've heard that proof of work is where there's thousands of computers, hundreds of thousands of computers that's try to solve one math problem and then one computer wins, proof of stake is different in the sense that um, if you have a, the particular cryptocurrency of that blockchain, uh, you can stake it into the blockchain, the running of the blockchain, and based on how much you stake, you um, get that much power to mine that block or mine any amount of blocks. It, it just depends on how much of a share that you have in that blockchain. Yeah, another way to think about this is that your tokens double as, as governance or double as votes. Uh, so they hold value, but they also hold power. I would say more than power. yeah, more than voting, like voting. I would say you just have more power over the blockchain because if you stake more, um, let's talk about Ethereum for a second. So if you stake more Ethereum, then you are going to have more opportunity to mine the next block or produce the next block is better lingo for it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that is proof of stake. And how do we get to here? You ask the question, why would people do that? And so the, the answer is like, how, how, why is there such a high return on investment for that? Right on. It's because uh, people value the security of a blockchain. And so the, they want you to incentivize you to lock up your tokens because the more people with their tokens locked up, uh, like it'd be weird if there was just 10 people with their tokens locked up, right? And then the rest of people are trading with them because then, well, unless those 10 people have... Uh, well, yeah, no, I would say this, like 10 people with not enough, not enough diversity in the governance of a system to call that system secure, right? So the more diversity you have in that governance system, um, that the better it is, the more secure it yeah, is. But you're, That's the proof of stake theory, at least. Sure, but when you stake it on all of the five tokens that you named earlier, when you've staked them, yep. stoken? Stoken when you've stuck them to the <laughs> blockchain. Them. Uh, when you stake them, have you also needed to participate in voting? No, much of that's done automatically. Yeah, so you're not really actively participating. And how do the platforms that you stake your cryptocurrency on, uh, how are they able to afford um, anywhere from 6% to 12% APY return on in that particular cryptocurrency or you know whatever else so a lot of the time you're um you're you're actually delegating those tokens to someone else so in the case of cardano and kind of like a fund kind of like a fund kind of like democracy actually you're you're delegating your <laughs> opinion to a representative so in the case of cardano and crypto.org i've got some amount of tokens but rather than run my own node and be my own like a run my own election like elect myself as a as a candidate to run for governance i can give my the power the governance or the voting power that my tokens hold to someone else and keep the value of them like keep my tokens and all of the value they represent but give the voting power to someone else who i quote unquote trust who i think can do a good job of of representing me and my interests 
And okay. so there's like very interesting governance dynamics here. Like I'm very that's interested my... to see what, what Proof of Stake does. My question though. I don't think it is either, but I get excited <laughs> when we talk about these things. So my question was that when you do stake on platforms that enable, like give you the opportunity to stake, how do they come up with the crypto that you get in return? Oh, so that's inflation within the system, typically. Um, so if we're talking about Cardano, for example, it's six to eight percent, right? Um, I think that there's 40 billion tokens and 32 billion of those tokens are currently in circulation. So they've got a 8 billion backlog of tokens that have yet to be released in circulation. And that's where that 6 to 8% comes from, is uh, at least a portion of it. Um, it comes from this backlog. And so they have some number of years where they can deplete that 8 billion, slowly leak it into circulation. Okay, that's for ADA, but what about Sierra? Yeah, so they've got 30 billion tokens in existence. And I don't exactly know how uh, they have the 10 to 14%. Um, I don't know where that comes from because, uh, like, there's a, their statistics on their blockchain are not crystal clear quite yet. It's a very new chain and to, like as far as I know, I thought that there was only 30 billion tokens. But when you go check on coin market cap, it says there's like 30 billion, 200 million X, 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 X. And I don't I don't know if that's where the tokens come from. And there's just an infinite supply. But I was under the impression that there was just 30 billion stop. And uh, later on, when there's actually activity on the network and the network is charging fees for like the creation of NFTs and for. Uh, the facilitation of a peer-to-peer -peer trade or whatever, then those fees would go into a pool and then they'd be distributed to whoever produces that block. And that's where the reward would come from. And that's where that 10 to 14% would come from. But you can expect in any one of these blockchains that the ROI of staking will go down over time. That is that is a totally reasonable assumption. So it's not sustainable for these platforms to keep uh, returning as much as they are right now. Is it at their current usage? Yeah. Correct. But okay. when a larger portion of the world is using these systems for a very large and diverse range of use cases, then um, the, the, the theory is that the fees charged from those services will be sufficient to support the, the staking base. Right on. So with respect to staking, what can you t talk about the pros and cons of putting your money in something that may or may not give you that return like are, aren't the percentages like return on investment subject to change so this is the uh they are subject to change and this is the biggest caveat right when you let's just take cro for example when you stake your cro to the crypto.org blockchain uh you get paid out in cro right so if they're if you're thinking about your cro in us dollar terms and you've got ten thousand dollars worth of cro and you're thinking that you're getting a 10 to 14% return on that, you're getting that 10 to 14% return paid out in CRO. So if CRO drops in value or in price, sorry, by half, then you're still getting 10 to 14%, but it's uh, you're only getting half as much in US dollar terms, right? So when people try to calculate, okay, cool, I'll get like $10 a day, and then CRO drops by 50%, you're now getting $5 a day. And that's just something that you need to be aware of. Most of these blockchains pay out their asset in the uh, in the coin that it's denominated in. Uh, the other thing, the other like, pretty big risk that you need to be aware of and, and fully, fully research the coin that you're about to stake, because a lot of these uh, blockchains have a lockup periods or lockup times. 
and with uh, crypto.org, uh, it's 30 days. So if you want to stake your CRO on the blockchain and then get it out of that staking mechanism, you have to wait 30 days to be elapsed. And that's actually, that's a good mechanism in a lot of ways, uh, but it's just something that you need to be aware of, right? It, it would suck to not be aware of it, put your tokens in, want it three days later, try to take it out and have to wait another 30 days. Um, it's fine if you're aware of what you're doing. No, if you want it three days later and then you request it, you then have to wait 30 days from the time oh, you request it. Interesting. Right. That's that's really strange. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's actually just to stop someone like a big actor from dumping their tokens on the market. Right. Right. Uh, let's let's just say some world event happens. Um, you don't want the people who are staking lots of tokens to be able to front run the market with all of the things that they're that they're staking because that disrupts governance and it also uh, disrupts the market. They can just you know crash the market with their big supply that they're that they're earning on. Right on. So you've kind of talked about some of the, the cons of staking, not necessarily cons, but just things that you need to be aware of in order to make sure that uh, what you're, the money that you're putting in is not money that you need or the crypto and investments that you're putting in are not something that you need right away. Is there any amount of, um, what's that word? Uh, how much of, I'll rephrase the sentence. How much attention do you have to pay to whatever you have staked like does it need daily checking in or weekly checking in or can you just stake your tokens and forget about them and then the platform that you've staked them on will send you an email or give you um, a notification saying that oh by the way your staking period's over whatever else yeah none of these systems really send all that many emails honestly um no it's pretty much a set it and forget it kind of thing but i really enjoy going in and looking at the money that just kind of kind of leaks in like cro pays you out by the block which is kind of cool so you can see like okay there's a penny there's a penny there's a penny <laughs> so great wow um, great way you keep yourself occupied <laughs> yeah um and no like no it's it's really is a set it and forget it kind of thing so it, it compounds automatically uh, some of them compound. Some of them compound automatically. Some of them don't. And can you always add to whatever amount you staked, or once it's staked, it's staked? If you want to add more, you have to start a new no, you period can add more. of time to the same yeah. like period. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. It's usually all done within one account. Right, right on. Yeah. So, what platforms do you use to stake the various cryptocurrencies that you have staked? I'd like to stake on the blockchain itself. So, so crypto.org? So crypto.org or Cardano or Binance Smart Chain or whatever. So then the way that you access that is via crypto.org, Binance.com, so the Binance Exchange. Yeah, so actually you use the wallet, the, the, uh, the non-custodial wallet that these projects have built for you to use, right? So Daedalus, the Cardano wallet that we mentioned earlier, it doesn't work for managing your crypto.org wallet. You need the proprietary crypto.org wallet to manage your CRO and staking on the crypto.org platform. You can't use Daedalus. They're not interoperable. Uh, so staking on the independent blockchains does require a knowledge of how each one of these different blockchains works. And so that can be, I'm just thinking about this now. Yeah, that could be kind of a, <laughs> a daunting task or a tedious task because then you've got to like, write down your 12 word phrase or 24 word phrase for each one of these wallets and keep them safe and are all of them non-custodial 
yeah, if you're staking on a blockchain, chances are it's a non-custodial, you're staking in a non-custodial way, which means that you retain ownership over your funds, which is cool. I right like on. that. That's why I choose to do it that way rather than, because you can stake Ethereum 2.0 on, uh, like on Kraken, on Binance, but you're not retaining ownership over like true ownership over those Ethereum tokens, right? You're kind of giving that to Binance and they're staking on your behalf. But, you know, I mean, you need 32 ETH in order to, uh, <laughs> in to in order participate to... in powering ETH 2.0. Yeah, exactly. And not a lot of people have that. Uh, so you would go through Binance and you get access to staking without actually having 32 ETH. Um, and I think that they actually allow you to withdraw your F2.0 as well. But uh, I, I could be wrong about that. And I'm not really sure. Right on. It's not something I've done. Cool. Do you have anything more to add to the staking side of things? Jeez, Murgan, this was pretty, uh, <laughs> this was pretty I good. Would, yeah, this it was pretty thorough. I'm, I, I got to say, you got very excited and passionate about talking about all of the various platforms and strategies you used to stake. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the last thing that I'd say is that staking is a passive income stream and Ideally, in the future, when things are a little bit more stable, uh, like when cryptocurrencies in general are a little bit more stable, they might be a reliable passive income stream. Stability I is an illusion. Stability is an illusion. No matter where you are, I just I don't think that anything is going to be. It depends on what your perspective on stability is. I'm thinking like relative stability would be nice to have, right? So in the past four months, basically everything has dropped by 50% or more. Yeah, but in the past... Three days, everything has been within like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars to one another. Right, in the last year, everything's gone up by a factor of ten. So, like, <laughs> what, what, it, what even is stability? <laughs> um, right on. So, yeah, stability. Yeah, and I was saying that it'd be nice to be able to rely on these income streams as as uh, well. It'd be nice to be able to rely on these income streams. It'd be nice to be able to go to a bank and say, "Hey, I have these passive income streams." Uh, can I use this as income to secure a loan with you? Through Why your would you need to go to a bank for that? Uh, well, <laughs> if you wanted a mortgage or a line of credit or uh, I don't know. Those dreaded things. Those things. I just hope the that. I, I really hope that. Um, oh, bank. The B word bank. Big, yeah. Uh, I really hope that the crypto.com especially um, or other cryptocurrency platforms give you the ability to take out a mortgage against all of your crypto assets or whatever you yeah. will have to provide instead of you having to go to a bank because that would be so much better for people like us, us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and everybody else is listening and if you have tons of crypto and the bank doesn't just that just does not consider that to be collateral it's very frustrating I but want, whatever i want a whatever. lot from crypto.com actually i want them to have a joint account for example that's true. Right. So that we can share the tier that I've unlocked between both yeah, of us. Yeah. So that we can, well, we can mm. already transfer money in between us pretty easily. But, but like just a joint account. I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's in their business model. Like it just wouldn't make sense. I think I'd buy insurance from them. I would buy insurance from crypto.com. I agree. What else? uh that's all <laughs> <laughs> that's all folks like, okay a car, maybe a car a car loan a car loan yeah i was just thinking Tesla? straight up car but yeah <laughs> car loan all right let's get to talking about borrowing because that is a completely different ball game than staking so let's take an example of um let's stick taking out a loan and how you can 
borrow against your Bitcoin, where your Bitcoin is collateral for the loan that you take out. So I have a question on that, Keegan. Usually when you do take out a loan against Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies that you can use as collateral, what do you take the loan out in? What cryptocurrency? Usually a stable coin. Usually like nine out of 10 times? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, it's easier to denominate and it's easier to pay back. And it's um, easier to keep track of too. Easier to keep track of, yeah. Okay, so for those of you who are unaware of what stable coins are, they are stable. And they are called stable coins because they are represented in the form of cryptocurrency, but they usually have a one-to-one -one peg um, to whatever government currency, whatever fiat they are representing. So USDT, which is um, the taker for Tether, or USDC, which is the taker for... USDC. US, USDC. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's what well, there's TCAD as well for Canadian dollar. T US or TUSDT yeah, and TGBP. TAUD. So all of these are essentially cryptocurrencies, but they're stable coins because they are pegged. They have a one-to-one -one peg to the fiat that they do represent, and the loan that you would take against any of your cryptocurrency you would usually get in a stable coin because of the reasons that keegan mentioned earlier it's easier to keep track of it's easier to maintain it's easier to pay back well just think of it this way if you took out let's just take a the basic attention token for example you collateralize your bitcoin you take out a loan in the basic attention token and then the basic attention token doubles in value you now owe twice as much money right that's a bad scenario. Let's yeah. take the other scenario. Basic attention token drops by 50%. You now owe half as much value. So it can go either way, but... That's like the risk for coin, both parties. Exactly. The exchange that is offering you a loan and you um, for paying back an amount that you may or may not have wanted to take out in the first place. So yeah, usually when you borrow against anything, you, you, you get money in a stable coin. That's right. So the difference between staking and borrowing, I would say the main difference is that you are like, quote unquote, locking in Bitcoin, but not to get a return on it, instead to borrow money against it, where you have to pay an interest to the platform on a weekly or monthly basis based on the kind of loan and the you can actually pay it back as flexibly as you like uh i think the loans on crypto.com need to be paid within 365 days and then that's that's so that's that right on yeah. and the yeah well i guess so let's talk about the risk of borrowing against your crypto we touched on this a little bit earlier and you do take out money in a stable coin. However, you are at the risk of losing your collateral if when you took out that loan, that cryptocurrency was being traded at a particular uh, dollar value and then that dollar value drops drastically over or before you can pay back your loan. Yeah, that's a bad situation to find yourself in. So let's talk about it in terms of numbers. Let's let's stick to one Bitcoin. So you you put one Bitcoin and so crypto.com. Let's just talk about our example, Keegan. So we've taken out a loan on crypto.com multiple times for like X number of reasons. And uh, if we give to them one Bitcoin, how much do we add a 50 percent? 
you you do the numbers you're hearing. Yeah, like if we <laughs> gave them one Bitcoin right now, what Bitcoin's trading at thirty two thousand U S dollars, mm-hmm. we would get uh, at most sixteen thousand U S dollars. So sixteen thousand U S dollars, we can do whatever we want with it. Yeah, we can buy Bitcoin with it. We can throw it in an earn term and lend it back out at a higher interest rate. That's one. That's one option. Or we can use it for whatever purposes. We could buy a car with it. We could. We could buy a car with it. Now, uh, with respect to the interest payments, how much interest do we have to pay on that loan? Uh, so on a fifty percent loan, if we take out fifty percent of the collateral amount, you pay eight percent by default, and you can get better rates um, by unlocking higher tiers by staking more CRO. Okay, let's let's put that on the shelf for now. Yeah, so yeah, right. let's stick to eight percent per annum. Yep. And you said that you can pay all of that back within the year. You don't have to pay it back on a daily or monthly basis. Correct. But the longer you like, it's best to pay it back on a weekly or monthly basis because if you don't pay down, uh, like your interest is actually charged daily, so it compounds on it. They they will compound your debt on a daily basis. So it yeah. So you pay more than it. Percent? Um, I guess effectively you pay more than eight percent. Yeah. Really tricky thing they did there. Yeah. For all loans. Yeah. Oh. In how can they accurately say it's eight percent then? Because it is eight percent. Like that's that's just the standard. But you just said that they compound the debt that you owe them. That's right. So how is it eight percent then? Because uh, well, well, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they, they couldn't really say say it's more than eight percent because it depends on how quickly you pay it back right so if if i'm paying it back uh on a daily basis or maybe on a on a double daily basis like i'm giving them two twice loans, a day twice a day <laughs> then it's less than eight percent right or if i pay it off all at once then i i paid like 0.05 percent so it's 8% because that's how much they're charging you on your principal and your principal grows on a daily basis. Can you explain that again? How, like how does your principal grow on a daily basis? Right. So, okay. Um, we give them one Bitcoin and we get, we get to take out 16,000 US dollars. And let's just say it's an 8% interest rate. I have no idea what the number is, but let's just say it's 50 cents. So now instead of owing them $16,000, we owe them $16,000.50. Okay. And then the uh, next on day, day one. On day one. On day two, we get charged 8% of $16,000.50. Oh, yeah, okay. And so for the first month, the uh, like the in, the principal is going to grow by 50 cents a day, right? And like that amount of new principal is not really going to make a difference. But it's going to start making a difference and every day it'll grow by 51 cents. And then every day it's going to grow by 52 cents. And then every day it's going to grow by 54 cents. And on and on and on. So on and so forth. Uh, everybody listening, if you want more clarification on that, please get in touch with us at readyatgofullcrypto.com or just find Keegan anywhere on the internet and ask him more about this. I'm everywhere. Everywhere. You are everywhere. Uh, right. I oh, hope that was clear enough, though. No, well... You're looking real confused. No, well, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> numbers numbers do seem to fly right by your head sometimes. No, they just get tangled up and I'm... Whatever. So, what I, what I didn't get with what you said is, um, like, how does the debt change? You said you... Eventually, you will be charged 51 cents. So, you're saying that 
on day two, it would be 16,050, like 50001 or something like that. Uh, but no, you can't really 16,050 <laughs> cents on day two, right? Still? Yeah. And then $16,001 on, on day, day three. three. Yeah. But. And then $16,001.50 on day four. <laughs> but you said eventually it'd be 51 cents and 52 cents. And right. Because cents. 8% of the new principal grows the amount that the debt grows ah, by. I get it now. Yeah. All right. I mean, okay. So this is, you can apply the same thing that I'm trying to teach Burger here to uh, <laughs> to any debt that you might have, right? Call it credit card debt. Um, and if you've got credit card debt at the 20% interest rate and you just don't pay it off uh, on a month to month basis, it's gonna start compounding, right? So if you've got $1,000 of credit card debt and at a 20% interest rate, uh, then the next month, it's gonna you're gonna your payments are gonna get really really big really really quickly and it's gonna get out of hand so alternatively you can make so that's compounding working against you you can make compounding work for you and that's just this is just gonna tie everything back back around to staking here so you can make compounding work for you because let's just say cardano you put your cardano into the cardano blockchain it automatically restakes whatever interest is paid to you and suddenly you've got compounding interest working uh, for you instead of against you. Right on. That's how you win. That's how you win. Yeah. So borrowing, um, there's lots of advantages to borrowing because if your money is in crypto like ours is, then if you want a loan for whatever reason, it's just easier to get yeah. access to money through a loan on crypto.com or but no whatever platform no forms well yeah you say no questions asked but i mean like the fact that you have something to provide to the platform in order to borrow money against it like you don't really need to ask any more questions i, I guess. well i didn't say no risk there's definitely right, right. risk no 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 i with the sense like no questions asked but i guess when you do have to go take a loan or a mortgage at the bank they ask you all sorts of questions like What's where did it for? come from <laughs> what is this for what are you going to use it for yeah. where are you going to buy your house anyway what so, happens if i don't pay it back can we take your car so <laughs> well like that kind of happens on with respect to borrowing too right because yeah. if you can't pay back your loan then you will lose the collateral, collateral that you gave to them in the first you place will. which is why they don't really ask too many questions because that's just straightforward for them like hey you don't pay us back we take your money you pay us back we give you money everything's fine and dandy that's to me that just sounds like an adult adult debt agreement me. Right on. Anyway, getting back to <laughs> getting back to borrowing, there's lots of advantages to it because of the ease of use of it. Now, the risk to it also exists. There's always risk to everything, um, and that depends on what the market is doing slash how it is performing. So, if you there's like risky loans in crypto as well. It's we we talked about getting fifty percent um, of your collateral. In, in stablecoin when, we when we were giving you the example before, but you can also, what's the highest amount of money you can borrow against your collateral, Keegan? Uh, well, okay, so that would go into derivatives and margin trading, which is totally a different episode. Uh, but with respect to getting a loan, like is- 50%. Is, that's the max? That's the max that I've seen on any centralized finance platform, yeah. Okay, cool. On DeFi, you can probably get more. 
Okay, cool. And then with respect to um, like the amount with or the time duration within which you have to pay back your loan, uh, if before that time takes uh, occurs, if the price at which Bitcoin is traded at goes down significantly, then that's a bad scenario too. Yeah, it's a red flag and uh, you may need to rebalance your loan. So either add more collateral, add more Bitcoin to your loan or pay down your principal. And either one of those will, will help you or save you from having your loan be liquidated or you could just let your loan be liquidated and lose the underlying principal. Right on. And with respect to that, you know, there is a ratio and Keegan, I'm going to let you explain this, but I, I want you to talk a little bit more about the loan to value ratio because you mentioned it in passing before. And if you're taking a loan against your collateral on any platform, then the LTV is pretty important for you to understand. Yep. LTV just stands for loan to value. Uh, so value is the denominator. So that's the number on the bottom and that is the value of the collateral. Um, and then on the top is the numerator and that is the value of the loan. So if you take out a $16,000 loan against one Bitcoin, where Bitcoin's trading at $32,000 a piece, your loan is, is $16,000. The value of your collateral is $32,000. And so the, the loan to value ratio is 50%. And so if the value of your collateral then drops to something like $16,500, $17,000, then your loan to value is 16,000 divided by uh, 17,000. We're just gonna do the math here on the computer. We're gonna see what this works out to be. It's 94%. <clears throat> yeah, at 94%. So you'd actually get liquidated much sooner than that. So Bitcoin would drop to something like 18,500. If Bitcoin dropped from 32,000 down to 18,500, uh, that's a loan-to-value ratio of 0.86% or 86%, and at most platforms, um, they'll liquidate your your collateral at 85%. Yeah, so that's a really bad scenario. And I have a question about that. So the the loan does that also consider the amount of money that you owe? Yeah, you don't owe interest? that money anymore. Yeah, so that is the benefit of having your loan be liquidated as well. Um, is you don't have to pay back the interest. Yeah, you have to. Don't you don't have, you get to keep the money that you borrowed. Right on. Okay. And you can like, so <laughs> you say like, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, here's when that could be a good thing. Let's say Bitcoin's falling and falling and falling and falling. You took out a loan, you took out $16,000. Um, and when Bitcoin was $32,000 a piece, Bitcoin falls, 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 falls. Let's just say it goes way down to 10 K. You can actually buy more Bitcoin with that $16,000 than what you started with. If you didn't use it for anything If already. you didn't use it for anything else, yeah. <laughs> That's just one scenario. This is not financial advice. Totally Please not financial advice. do not uh, take this as a prediction of any sort. Not that a was prediction. simply an example. <laughs> it's an example. <laughs> right on. So that was, we just covered the risk slash the cons. There really aren't any cons. There's just risk. I, like, I don't well, really see a bad side. <laughs> well, I guess what, they can be one and the same based on how you choose to define risk. the word. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so there you go. That is staking and borrowing. Tom got an earful today. <laughs> Tom, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Tom, send us more requests. <laughs> if you have follow-up questions, please email us. We'd love to... We'd love to have a conversation about this um 
Yeah, I think that's that. So to really quickly recap, we covered staking and borrowing in today's episode. We distinguished the difference between staking and borrowing. Staking being where you put your crypto in something, usually on a platform or in, in a blockchain. You lock it up and you get interest paid to you because you have locked up your crypto. Now, borrowing is different because borrowing is where you have your crypto and you go to a platform, you give your crypto to them as collateral to borrow against it and take out some amount of money uh, based on your collateral that you can use to do whatever with. And you have to pay the platform because you have borrowed money against your, or you've essentially taken out a loan. So they're kind of two opposing things. With, with staking, you get money. With borrowing, you have to pay money, but you also get money. You get money and you have to pay on the money that you've gotten. <laughs> Nailed um, it. Yeah, there you go. And we we do both of those things. We've staked. Man, I really feel like saying stuck. Or like stuck. We stuck it. Stuck. Stack. Well, this really comes down to We've financial services. Like yeah, I, I like yeah. to break financial services, all financial services into four categories. And uh, what really we've covered today is the credit category. So the borrowing and lending, like staking is kind of like lending. You're just lending to a decentralized protocol and it's giving you a uh, return on your investment in return. And that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's actually fun. That, yeah. Good. So we use a number of platforms uh, in sure order to take advantage of both staking and take advantage of borrowing if you ever want to take out a loan. And then the reasons for and against it, it really, it depends on your level of comfort with risk. It also depends on how much, um, like what, what your time horizon is with respect to earning on your money or um, with with just to borrowing your what goals. your financial goals or what purpose you want to borrow that money for um always be careful when you're putting money that you already have to money to borrow money that you don't have that is definitely a risk that you are undertaking so your reasons well we have reasons for and against but like when you want to do the same thing then just make sure that your reasons are uh, are justified not having access to the crypto that you will be staking or that you will be borrowing against and, and that was that. Cool. Mm, beautiful, you're right. It is in your phone. <laughs> All right, everyone, where our emails are always open. Um, and if you want to chat with us, find us anywhere on the internet. We're easy to find. And with that, oh, next week, see you on Saturday uh, at 12 o'clock Atlantic time, which is a very different time zone based on where it's you are. It's UTC minus four. UTC minus four. Um, 11 o'clock for eastern time so if you're in toronto or that time zone then that's that's 11 o'clock for you we will see you on our live podcast episode posted on youtube and again the details to join that live episode will be in the show notes see you there come with your questions come with your comments come support us for our first ever live episode there you go all right take care everyone talk to you next week